You're now listening to Mopeta Soul. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mo Better Soul Radio. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.com. Enter Cult Negro because we also sponsored by the Negro League Podcast and save 10% on your next order. So if you like all the fly t-shirts and hoodies and hats that I'm rocking, please, please, please go and buy something. Um, we haven't done an episode of Mo Better Soul Radio in a while uh, because I've been busy and because I needed like a really good idea to bring this back up. And... Um, my guest on here we had a really really cool idea to basically talk about the music that helped us get through 2020 um live from chicago introduce yourself young lady hey hey y'all this is shari neil williams like preach said front of the shy <laughs> so i'm very excited to do this yo so tell us all right tell us more like like you know tell us about your clothing line and what you're working on Okay, let me go way back. Should I tell them how we met? <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> way back in the day, probably about 10 years ago, um, you know, I started a little t-shirt line. And you know, this is back in the day when it wasn't easy to start a t-shirt line. You know, y'all could do all this print on demand and, you know, vinyl cutout stuff. But back when I started, you had to screen print. So, you know, I learned how to screen print. I did the whole nine. And then going through that, I was like, yeah, this is not sustainable. So I had a whole full-time job. So, you know, I ended up finding a printer. I got like, I think I started with three or four designs. And I was like, okay, now I got to market this. So um, at the time, one of my favorite magazines was Wax Poetic. Yes. And they had an advertising special. And it was like, if you buy an ad in the magazine, you got like a free um, banner ad placement on their website. So I scraped together my little $400 <laughs> to put up my ad. And it just so happened, saw my ad on their website. And he reached out and he's like, oh my God, this is dope. We should collaborate. And we have been cool ever since. That is crazy. Now, at your peak, when you were doing, you know, Bon Bon V clothing line, how much inventory did you have, like, in your home in one setting, one sitting? Oh, my God. Like, I had, like, hundreds of shirts <laughs> in my little <laughs> bedroom apartment. It was insane. Like, and my roommate uh, downtown Chicago at the time. So she had, we called it the granny cart, you know, like, when you go grocery <laughs> shopping, you no, like sometimes if you live in a, a dense area where you can't really have a car and park, you take your cart to the grocery store oh, <laughs> and then roll Jesus. it back home. So I used to take that cart and it would be filled to the brim with packages. And I had, you know, uh, when you go to Ikea, they give you that big ass blue bag. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would like then take that, you know, fill up my big ass blue bag and take that to work. So on my lunch break, I would go to the post office and mail that off. It was a crazy, crazy time in my I life. I mean, I mean, I guess now, like, because you put me on to the print and demand stuff, like you, it wouldn't make any sense to to do it the old school way of just having a bunch of shirts on deck and hoping somebody will order a, a damn four X shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I just know. Be, uh, uh, 
Look. Yeah. Yeah, so the game is officially changed, but you are back up and running. You, you got some new designs on the website. Tell people where they can find your designs and other fly stuff that you got. Yes, yes. Um, thank you for the plug. Uh, yeah. If you go to www.wearebonbonv.com, and that's W-E-A-R-B-O-N-B-O-N-V-I-E.com. And the name, um, you know, Bon Bon V, that is a music reference. I don't know if you all know the song by T.S. Monk, Bon Bon V, Give Me the Good Life. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard that song, I knew that's what I wanted to name my company. Because at the time, I was at a job I didn't love. And, you know, the lyrics of the songs are about, like, you know, working for the band and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to find that good life. So that's where the name for the company came from. Word them up. Word them up. Okay. Well, we're going to get a little bit more into all the other stuff that you're doing. I guess we're going to get into uh, our first couple of records. Um, we'll be back after these messages. The first song that she picked, the way we're going to do it is, you know, we're going to go back and forth. So you will hear the first song. It'll be something that she picked to get it through her 2020. The next song will be me, and then back and forth and back and forth. Uh, the first song we have that she has on her list is Anderson Pack, Lockdown. Next on Moment Soul Radio. You should have been downtown The people are rising We thought it was a lockdown They opened the fire Them bullets was flying Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie Oh my, time heals all But you out of time now Judge gotta watch us from the clock tower Little tear gas cleared the whole place out I'll be back with the hazmat for the next round We was trying to protest and the fires broke out Look out for the secret agents They be planted in the crowd Set a civil unrest But you sleep so sound Like you don't hear the screams When we catching beat down Staying quiet when they killing But you speak loud when we ride Got opinions coming from a place of privilege Sicker than the COVID How they did them on the ground Speaking of the COVID Is it still going around? Oh, won't you tell me about the looting? What's that really all about? Cause they throw away black lives Like paper towels plus unemployment rate What? 40 million now Killed a man in broad day Might never see a trial We just wanna break chains Like slaves in the south Started in the north end But we in the downtown Riot cops try to block Now we got a showdown Down You should've been downtown The people are rising we thought it was a lockdown They opened the fire Them bullets was flying Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lies downtown Where I got popped with the rubber bullet tray Cut the channel off the news before I lose it nah. I ain't even tripping if you with it, then we lose nah. Let me put this Louie in the back of Suzuki Oh, he had to break it down so smoothly They gon' say it's not about race, but we moving Oh, pow, cut the trade pound Had to put them in my name, what should play now? Uh, any given day, I'll be headed to the pulpit Say a little prayer, matter of fact, I need two of them Ooh, only do it, only do it Ooh, this ain't 92, so we in the new rules Though we got hips, so we don't lose the projects Should've been downtown. The people are rising. We thought it was a lockdown. They opened the fire. The bullets were flying. Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie.
hours. Sleep in the day, but in the night hours, I'm drenching the rhythm. Y'all like a light shower. Standing next to me, I might tower over your feeble minds. I'm black power, redefined, used the mic to speak my mind. Why you use it to keep them blind? I cried when life dies, something left won't get it back. New ever like some fitted hats, I'm Farrakhan if he's spitting rap. Getting ink in the strip club, going tip for tap, telling shorties. I want the skelly like a winter hat. Picture that. Why you arguing who's the best, this and that? Forever bring the heat like where December at. Leave the mic alone, stop the crack. Well done, like your cookie sticks wrong. It didn't take wrong, cause bitches love me like a Drake song. Not on my level, but commend the effort. Carolina's equivalent in Babylon. Where my respect's worth the trill, similar to Amazon. Just move like a vagabond. Missing with the bull like a matador. If you ain't trying to inspire, what you rapping for? It takes a long time to sound like me. Strong neck, wanna hold the crown just like me. Welcome to 30 plus when you invited out. Concerned with spending 30 bucks. Rather be home watching Hulu with dirty nuts. I love this. You don't want smoke like smudge sticks. Never was the hardest. Nigga, but still Sonny's MC's like a father figure Cause your real father didn't bother with your judge We are back. Uh, you guys heard the Anderson Pack, or do they? Is it Anderson Pack or Anderson Pack? I've heard people say <laughs> both ways. How, um, how do you say I it? think it's I think it's Pack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't quote me, but I think it's Pack. <laughs> okay. Well, what you just heard just now, you heard Anderson Pack 
<laughs> Tupac Shakur, Anderson Pack, Lockdown, followed by Preach Jacobs, Fantastic. All right, guys, I know you guys are thinking that it's just like, you know, really, really terrible self-promotion to have one of my songs, the songs that could be from 2020. <laughs> but damn it, I think it's true because, you know, you know, it, this is a year that made it really, really difficult to want to be creative, right? It's a year that made you, you know, want to sit home. You know, because at first, you know, when, when COVID hit, you, you have that lie in your head where you're basically like, oh, you know, we got to stay home. This is the time I'm going to lose 30 pounds and write the great American novel. And, and, and you might be like really excited really early because I remember when this first happened, I made a post and I'm like, yo, I'll do custom mixtapes for y'all. Anybody cash at the homie 10, 15 bucks. I'll do custom mixtapes and I send it to you. I'll send you a SoundCloud link. And I was booming. Like I was doing like about 30 of them within like a week. And then I just hit on emotional wall. And I was just like, yo, you know, I need to stop. And it dawned on me where I'm basically like, this isn't a vacation. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. you know, and so you kind of had to learn how to give yourself some type of some type of grace because what if I didn't learn that second language you know what I'm saying like I can't feel like a, a loser um, because this isn't a normal situation these aren't normal circumstances you know so yeah so outside of like the music that got you through what's some of the TV shows or movies that you watched this year that got you through oh my god so much television oh well the most recent the Mandalorian is like on another level yeah like I love that show um Season one was solid. Season two, I was a little concerned because first two episodes were just like, eh. <laughs> but man, by the time we got to the finale, yeah. I'm not going to no spoil it. No for spoilers. Those who yeah. haven't seen it, but that Woo. that shit was epic. I like I watched it several times Yo. because that was like masterful the way they like kind of weaved that all in together. Yeah, um, goosebumps. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely goosebumps. Um, there are a few others. Like, um, I feel like the British royals, like, they probably one of the messiest families in existence right now. So I love the crown. Like, I totally binged on the crown. Like, they dysfunctional as hell. It is like trash TV at its finest. <laughs> because, you know, I don't know how accurate all of that stuff is, but you know some of it's true. Well, well so, speaking, um, speaking of Mandalorian, with Pedro Pascal was in the Wonder Woman movie. Have you seen Wonder Woman yet? I have not. I was going to watch it last <laughs> night. I'm probably going to watch it today. I have seen, like, the reviews have not been kind. Oh, so man. I need to mentally prepare myself for what this is because I loved the first one. So I'm just like, man... <laughs> well, like really. To quote you in your Facebook post, you said, "What I've gathered from everyone's Facebook movie reviews in the last few days: Soul, good movie, but they took the Princess and the Frog <laughs> route with the Tina Fey hijacking. My Rady's Black Bottom, great acting but depressing. <laughs> Wonder Woman '84, <laughs> Basura. <laughs> Basura. Yes, that is what I've been seeing on my whole time. <laughs> it." It's bad, bad, man. Like I, and it's you know the thing that bothers me the most about it. And I'm not gonna get into too many details, but it's two and a half hours. It's like if it's a bad movie and it's an hour and a half, I'm like, ah, okay. But it's like, why are you two and a half hours? Like why? It makes no sense. The Wonder Woman doesn't need to be thirty minutes shorter than Schindler's List. Like none of that makes any sense to me. <laughs> 
you know, um, yes, if your movie's going to be two and a half hours, it has to be good. And I think what's even more disappointing as a marketer and like someone who works in advertising, like the amount of promo and ad spend like they had to invest in for this movie for it to be trash is like, <laughs> like they're probably not going to recoup their money in any way. Well, I got, you know, I was scared at first because, you know, a lot of the, the big movies like I remember when Tenet was coming out right around the time where when, when COVID was really hitting and you basically saw Christopher Nolan fighting to try to keep it in the movie theaters because that's where the money is. And then out of nowhere, yeah. you know, DC was just like, oh, we'll, we'll just put it on HBO. Like they didn't fight it. <laughs> right. and, and I thought that was a red flag. I was just like, nobody gives the public anything because I was like, oh, they're going to charge us more with that HBO Max membership. It's like, nope, <laughs> if you got HBO Max, you couldn't watch it. And I'm like, oh, they're giving us a Christmas gift. And then you watch it and you realize they, they're they they're trying to dodge a bullet. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't know how that would work, would have worked in the movie theaters. It was, it was really, really disappointing. Which is, which really yeah, sucks wow. because Gal Gadot, I, I think, is the perfect casting for this character. And uncomfortably beautiful and really, really great um, casting. But I, I feel like Number one, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie, but I feel like it being uh, placed in World War One really kind mm-hmm. of handicapped them a bit. You know what I mean? Because that's just <laughs> that's just way early, um, and and the Chris Pine way that they brought him in this movie was just really really corny. It did nothing for the plot, only to just make you know Wonder Woman have a love interest again. And how they did it was just really cheesy. So yeah, I heard it was like. Uh, very rom-com-ish and then another comment someone made was like she in DC in the 80s like there were not that many white people in DC yo, <laughs> like DC is city they only had two black people the entire movie yo <laughs> <laughs> like yo <laughs> what in the world I, I would like to say Anderson Pack wins the award for best uh, lockdown pandemic protest related song mm-hmm. um I feel like he can write a song about anything. I'm waiting for him to write a Thanksgiving banger, you know. Oh, it's coming. If anyone can do it, he can. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, you know, it came out around the same time as Beyonce's Black Parade. And Black Parade was fine. But Lockdown, I was like, oh, this is a bop. Like, okay. So, um, Have you heard a bad I'll, Anderson Pack song? Not really. Even, a, like... I know people weren't feeling um, Oxnard like that, but even a bad Anderson Pack song, I feel like any artist would be happy to have it because yeah. he's just he's just on another level of talent. Like I think you 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 see people who are just born to do something, mm-hmm. and that's how I think of him um, with music. And yeah, that song will it will always remind me of the bullshit that went down in 2020 with you know George Floyd getting killed and the protests. Like I don't know how it was for y'all in uh, South Carolina, but in Chicago the the riots got real bad. Like it was very concerning for a second. Like my neighborhood, you know, the grocery stores got looted and burned out. Like it was it was pretty real for a second. So that song makes me think of all that stuff that went down. So in the midst of all that, because, you know, South Carolina, or I guess more specifically Columbia, we got hit uh, a little bit as well. Like, like there's a police station up the street from me, and, and there was like a cop car on fire at one point um, when this stuff kind of hit this fever pitch. Um, one of the things I thought was really, really 
telling and i wrote this in a column um after after the riots were happening nationwide i was like do you know how frustrated black people have to be to gather in streets to gather in streets to protest during a damn pandemic you know what i'm saying it's like we we know we know (laughs) we know that there's crazy risk we know there's risk in in crowds being here um but we're like nah we got to be out here and um oh my gosh i there was this thing that happened here, and I talked about this a couple of times on, on one of my podcasts. There was these guys that did this thing here, and it was called the Million. They was calling it the Million Man March, but what they were doing was they were trying to get like you know black people to march, and they 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 wanted to be peaceful, et cetera, et cetera. And they were like, "Wear your Sunday best," and it was just like you know they were dressing up in suits and stuff like that. And I was really, really frustrated about that. And one of the guys that organized it said, like, and I think he was interviewed for the New York Times. He was just like, you know, we want to uh, encourage people to dress in suits because we want to dispel the myth of, you know, the people that are wearing regular clothes or the people that are like rioting or whatever, as if to say, like, you know, you're not worthy to march if you're wearing sweatpants. And something that I did as a, a silent protest um, this year, it was like I'm like I'm wearing I'm wearing sweatpants and, and hoodies everywhere because I feel like that idea of respectability politics of you gotta dress nice so white folks will treat you nice is something that I think that black people adopt more than white folks as well and it gets really 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 frustrating. So, you still there? I'm still here. Okay, I was making sure I got really really quiet. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm up here. No, I was listening. Oh yeah. <laughs> like shit got deep i was like oh well you know um i was just touching on like like how the riots and stuff kind of hit us here and that was just like a big um a big deal as far as like you know there were some things that were going on within the black community right where it's like one of the things i get really frustrated about is that if 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 a black person is killed by the cops we always want to say, oh, and he had a bright future and he was going to go to college. And he was this. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And I feel like, you know, that outcast verse where he was just like, you know, is every nigga with dreads for the cause is every nigga with, with gold for the fall. And I feel like black folks sometimes they, you know, if if these people were getting murdered, had face tattoos and gold teeth in their mouth, mm-hmm. would, would you would you ride for them as as much as you should? And I feel like those are the things that, that the black community that I've seen, like when, when we've had these discussions about some of these marches that are going around, that respectability politics thing of, you know, uh, if you dress nice, um, if you yeah. speak proper, then you might not get pulled over and killed or you might not, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, every picture of Martin mm-hmm. Luther King in, in handcuffs, he had a suit on. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. I'm like, that dude stayed in a suit and yeah. he stayed getting arrested. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it, there was a lot of victim blaming that, that I think that that, you know, black folks were doing that I saw throughout that as well. So. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, gosh, this got really, really deep, really, really quick. And you know what? And it feels like that was just ages ago because the the, the riots were going on around when April, May. Yeah, yeah it was. I feel like it was beginning of the summer, maybe. Yeah, maybe June. Uh, yeah, 
maybe spring, summer, but yeah, it, um, I feel like 2020 has bent the time space continuum. Like time yes. doesn't exist in the way it used to. I'm like, <laughs> what day is it? What bus is it? Like, you remember, like, and there's different parts of a pandemic. Like, there was the Tiger King portion of the pandemic. Yeah. Then it was the Teddy Riley babyface versus <laughs> portion of the pandemic. <laughs> it was like. You know, I totally forgot about all that. You know, and. and <laughs> The funny thing is, it's like, you know, December 31st, 11.59 p.m., 59 seconds left to go. We think it's going to turn into <laughs> January 1, you know, 2021. Next thing you know, as soon as 11.59 turns into 12 a.m., your calendars on your phone is going to say December 32nd. <laughs> so <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going yep. to be stuck in this year again. Oh. Any plans for New Year's? New Year's? Are you just going to be in the house drinking? Uh, we're gonna get a hotel room with all the kids just for a change of scenery and go downtown. That's a great idea. That's a really, really great yeah. idea. <sighs> okay, so let's get ready for this next segment. Um, okay. I don't know why I'm getting a phone call right now. I'm gonna, I have my phone on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> this is my mama. But, um, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Like, mama, you on, <laughs> you live on Open Soul Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh man my mom listened to the the last episode of the podcast that i did when i was talking to the doctor about the the covid vaccinations my mom was like you know what i listened to your podcast son she's like i really liked it but could you do me a favor i was like what's that mom could you please not say fuck in front of a woman <laughs> i was like what she was like you was using such bad language son i was just you know i really enjoyed the podcast but the f word you know when you say fuck <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Mama. I've cursed a few times. Well, she my she she ain't gonna listen to this one. I hope not. But um, but okay. I told her I told my mom I said, Mom, don't listen to any more. Of the, don't listen to any other podcasts that I got on here because they're really, really, really bad. Um, hmm. okay. So the next song that you chose, uh, every time I hear this record, I think about you because where we were in, were we in New York. And we were in New York. It was like me, you, Brian, I forget your other friend's name, and Kalia. And we were in the car doing our best carpool karaoke to this song. Yes. <laughs> and this is the live version. So the next the next song we got coming up, uh, we have Beyonce's Love on Top Live next. I want to sing this last song Radio. to all of my incredible, beautiful fans, loyal fans, Rada Dies. Dedicated to my incredible beehive. Honey, honey, I can see the stars all the way from here. Can't you see the glow on the window pane? I can feel the stars whenever you're near. You're near. Every time you touch me, I just melt away. Everybody. 
Coachella, thank you so much. I love you. Is that my echo? Give me the straighter one. Can you turn the lights down so many?
Seventeen days, seventeen long nights. Oh, it's a drag, baby. I know. Hold another nigga tight. I wanna call you every day, begging to be near me. I know it's underwater. Down that you can hear me. Let the rain come down, come on down. Let the rain come down, down. Oh, 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 oh. come on down, that. Come on down, yeah, baby. No. of our pain, you're going to have to let go and let go. Come on, PJ. Soon as I stopped worrying, worrying how the story ends, when I let go, when I let God, let God have his way. That's when things start happening I stopped looking at back then When I let go and I let God I let God have his way I couldn't seem to fall asleep There was so much on my mind I was searching for that peace With the peace I could not find Oh, oh. So then I kneeled down to pray I was praying, help me please Then he said, you don't have to cry Cause I'll supply all your as soon as I stopped worrying, worrying how the story ends, when I let go and I let
Just remember, the doors to my heart will always be open to you.
And we back. This is appreciate us once again with Mo Better Soul Radio. Uh, you listen to a few records. Uh, let's go down the list. Uh, we started off with Beyonce's Love on Top Live, followed by Prince Rain Come Down off of his uh, piano and a microphone project. We also had PJ Morton Let Go, followed by Aretha Franklin's Holy Holy, followed by Force MDs. Love is a House, and finally we had Marvin Gaye, I Want You remix uh, done by Lord Finesse off that Motown remix project. Um, any one of these songs that you uh, want to talk about off the top? Um, yeah, I'll give a little blurb about a few of them. So, Beyonce Homecoming, um, I've watched that, that shit like 82 times. <laughs> I feel like I know it front to back. I have it on vinyl. Like, um, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm in the beehive or anything like that, but I appreciate Beyonce. I think she puts in their work. I think she um, has good creative people around her. She has talent. But something about Homecoming took it to another level. Like that HBCU BAM shit. I was like, <laughs> this is magic. I'm like, I want to hear a band version of everything from this point forward. Like. That shit just hit different. It's like, you in a bad mood, just put on some homecoming, and I feel like it'll put you in a better place. Did you so. get, Did you go to the On The Run um, tour, part two tour that they have? No, I did not. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting old and curmudgeonly. Like, I love <laughs> concerts, but like, I don't know if I'm really into being around 30,000 people <laughs> for what? a concert. Never. Like, that ain't gonna happen now. <laughs> but... but <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so I I went to the on the run uh, tour and it's the, it's the funniest story, and um it, it's I have a band based out of uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and um uh, rest in peace to my friend uh, Robin, who was the drummer of of the band Robin Tolson, and and one of the funny stories was Robin was a was a older white guy, I think he was around sixty, he was like he had the the hippie haircut, he was bald up front but it had the long white hair down the back and so robin <laughs> yeah. and robin was just this great jazz drummer and he wrote for modern drummer magazine and what he would be doing and one of the things i found out after he passed away he would go and meet with all these drummers and interview them and never tell us about them we just find out later on so his last interview um uh, that came out from Modern Drummer Magazine before he passed. He interviewed Anderson Pack. It was a, it was a, a, a cover story that he did where he's just mm-hmm. hanging out with these amazing guys. So fast. So we wind back to the Jay Z on the Run tour. He calls me because Asheville, North Carolina, is about two and a half hours away from me, and he's like, "Hey, preach, what's up?" I said, like, "What's going on?" Uh, he said, uh, "Did you hear about the Jay Z Beyonce show that's coming in to Columbia?" Because for some reason, my city was one of the cities that they wanted to do the show, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." He was like would you like to go? I was like, yeah. I was like, what's up? So apparently, um, Jay-Z and Beyonce's drummer, uh, this guy named Boots Green, he's from South Carolina. He was interviewed for Modern Drummer Magazine and basically hit it off with my old white friend. And Boots was basically like, yo, if you want to come to the show, I got tickets for you. So basically, my man was like, yo, I'll pull up to Columbia, meet you at your house. (laughs) We'll take an Uber to this concert. And so, like, I'm going to see Jay-Z and Beyonce with this old white guy, right? And so uh-huh. our, our Uber driver was this older black lady. And we're in the car in the back 
talking about the show, and I'm like, yo, I'm a big Jay-Z fan, but, you know, Jay-Z is technically Beyonce's husband because she's the big draw, and we're talking and laughing about this stuff, right? And, like, there's a moment <laughs> where, like, the black woman driving asked us the question, and you could kind of see her being hesitant, and it dawned on me, like, I said, like, oh, shit, she thinks we're dating. Because <laughs> I'm like, because in a while. Oh, wow. Because, because... I didn't realize how weird is that look that is an old white man and me <laughs> going to see a Beyonce concert. <laughs> you know? And I just thought this was the most hilarious thing. If I would have realized what she was doing early on, I would have leaned into it. I, I thought it would have been hilarious. But we went backstage. We met everybody except Jay-Z and Beyonce. I saw Memphis Bleak. I saw all these other people. They gave us like the most ridiculous red carpet treatment. And the drummer when he was just got off stage with Jay and Beyonce. And when I tell you, he runs up to my homie, like he's a superstar. He runs up to my dude, hugs him. And it was like the funniest situation. And and it was like, I swear the greatest, one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to. And for whatever people try to say about Beyonce, her live show is insane. And and I, I think it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So like you know, shout out to my man Robin, yeah. get me to see uh, uh, Beyonce and Jay Z in the most unlikely of terms. Um, let's see, got a list. This, the that's next amazing. Song. Say again. Great story. I said that's amazing. Great story. <laughs> I, I I need I I need to know when people are going to be able to tour again. I don't know if it's going to be until like twenty twenty four. You know what I mean? Like that feeling. I mean, people like Trey Song still touring, exposing people to COVID and shit. Look, an <laughs> absolute idiot. All right, so here's my question. What was the last concert you went to before COVID hit, before you knew this was going to happen or whatever, whatever? What was the last concert you went to? Um, this is a good segue into the next song I chose because the last concert I went to was PJ Morton. Um I forget the venue and it's terrible because I don't even know if that venue exists anymore. <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of places went out of business um, due to COVID, but he was kind of, he was promoting, um, I feel like every show he kind of does the gumbo album. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was the album that came after it with, you know, he had the song Say So with Jojo. So he did a lot of songs from both of those albums. And he is also amazing, insane in concert. I've seen him twice. Word. Did he win some Grammys for that for that latest project, the Gumbo project? Or was that his latest? Yeah, project? yeah. No, he has a uh, he's had shit three. So he had the one with Say So on it, which I I don't know. Oh, it was called Paul. Okay. So he had Paul. Then he had the piano album. Then he had the gospel according to PJ. Okay. Yeah. Which is a gospel album. So he he is like a beast. He is like. He's also in that Anderson Pack category for me, where like he was born to make music. He never stops making music. Yeah. Um, and and I also yeah. I also feel like you know taking a stigma off of gospel music. You know what I mean? Because like you know I grew up in this hardcore hip hop '90s world where people frown on gospel, but there's a lot of great music coming from gospel musicians. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. Some of your best musicians come out of the church. So especially being down south, you know, I, I appreciate um, people like him, which also led to my uh, gospel record, Holy Holy by Aretha uh, from the Amazing Grace soundtrack. Have you have you seen that documentary yet? Oh, my God. Have I? Like, 
Aretha, like I was excited for that because I remember that movie, it was like one of those documentaries that didn't play everywhere. Mm. So it was like you had to wait for it to be at a certain theater and then it would get to that theater and it would be a limited ass run. <laughs> and so it was like I kept missing it. So I missed it when it was in the theater. And then when it uh, got on streaming, I watched it one morning and Yo. Aretha is just otherworldly. And it also remember, reminds me of, I saw a meme or something that was like, uh, what did it say? Y'all music suck now because y'all don't go to church no more. And it does <laughs> feel that way. <laughs> Yo, that's spot on. Yo, do you, do you know the story about why that movie didn't come out long enough? Um, why, why it didn't come out like for so long? Because, uh, well, Sydney, she didn't want it to, right? No, it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, Sidney Pollack, the guy that directed it, you've seen his face before. He's a writer director who passed away a few years ago. Um, it was something so simple. Um, it's so corny, but it's so simple that that held the movie up. So you know when people have like the little, um, you know, take two, click the clicks or whatever. The clicks, mm -hmm. the clicks were supposed to um, let people know how to uh, time the sound with the with the video. And they didn't have, you know, what you call it, the, the markers. They didn't have, you could have got two two pieces of wood and click them together or whatever. So they had all this footage for all these years of the audio and the video and couldn't sync the shit up and just basically said, fuck it. <laughs> so, so, it, it, so it sat, it sat for like 40 years until people were like, yo, let's just time it all together and so like they just they just synced everything up the way it needed to be because i can imagine the amount of footage that they had if you didn't have the markers right on time everything was going to be off and it was going to look terrible but it was something that simple that kept the world from seeing that documentary for so long and I saw it in the movie theater, man. I cried, man. I was, man. I was a little, I was, <laughs> I was a mess. That thing hit me so hard, man. And it's, and I think it was pretty incredible. And and I laughed because like there was one night, maybe about a week or two ago, I was watching like uh, the Sinatra documentary, and there was uh -huh. a there was a musical that he did in the 1940s with Gene Kelly, uh, called Anchors Away. And I had never seen it, and I was on HBO Go looking at like the Turner, Cl the Turner Classic Movie section, and they had that movie on there. And I was like, all right, let me watch this musical with with Sinatra from the forties. And it was it was really corny, but it was really cute. It's like all right, 19 <laughs> it was like a nineteen forties musical, but <laughs> but it was funny to me because they had this white chick. The whole movie is based around this white chick in Hollywood that's a singer that wants to get noticed by this guy that works in Hollywood movies and wants to get put on. And the scenes where the white woman is singing, it's like, like, it's really, really corny. And I laughed hysterically because I'm like, you had an entire generation and industry thinking that this type of singing was jamming. What happened, <laughs> what happened to these motherfuckers the first time they heard Aretha? <laughs> right? Like, like I could just, I could just imagine how the industry standard thinks this is so great, and then you just hear Aretha for the first time. You just got to take everything and just throw it away. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I I I I think that um, you know, those musicals. I don't even look at them the same way. I think it's I think it's hilarious because they have no soul in it. You know, it's like Chappelle talking about the nigger lessons, where it's just like 
that they can't dance and they think they they think they're killing it and i'm like wait till y'all get some of this black culture and whatever you're doing so aretha is that girl <laughs> i'm with you on that but i came from i watched uh the wizard of oz the other day with my daughter and, <laughs> you know we watched the, you know the whiz slaps you know yeah. we, we ain't gotta uh, double down on that but you know the wizard of oz you know them songs was kind of hitting too so I'll, I'll give them the credit there but you're right a lot of those old ass movies did you ever did you hear about um ever hear about the um the suicide story on the wizard of oz Mm-mm. but we getting dark so that was always oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so so I gotta find the scene. I'll probably I'll probably YouTube and send it to you later on when we get off of here. But there was um there was a story that one of the people playing one of the munchkins or whatever was depressed and and they hung themselves. And the story was it was caught in the movie. But the reality of like the Wizard of Oz, it, it no one thought it was gonna be a huge success. So it was one of those things oh. where so so I say that to say that there's a scene, there's a scene where they're like, we're off to see the wizard, while they're walking down the street or walking down the road or whatever, you see something fall in the background and start swinging. <sighs> yeah. No. I'm, I'm, I'll, find, okay. I'll find it and send it to you. The thing was, <clears throat> they didn't have the budget to reshoot the scene, so they kept it in the movie. So, so the urban legend was the guy died on the set. He didn't die, but it was somebody that tried to hang themselves. And and you can see that scene, something falling in the background and swinging. It was one of the, oh. one of the yeah, that shit got dark because. But, but you know those directors back in the day, that shit was like shot in 1939. They're like, yo, the amount of film it takes <laughs> to reshoot this scene to keep him out of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're keeping it. You know, so wow. <laughs> That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's pretty dark. But I, I, I gotta say, watching that, I was like, yeah, man, this was, this was. They did a good ass job for this old 1939 technology or whatever the hell year it was. <laughs> I'm like, it holds up. It holds up. All right. See, I don't have an excuse to watch The Wizard of Oz now. So like, I need, I need kids, man. There's like a lot of stuff I want to watch, but I'll just feel silly watching it. So yeah, I, I'll pull that out. Um, what else? What else did you do? What other song you got? Force MDs. Tell me about your Force MDs choice. Okay, so I that song is like you know it's a it's old school song. It's kind of comforting because it's it's like one of those songs you grew up with or whatever. Um, and it, this was back in the day. Like I was born in '84, but you know, like how back in the day, like a song would be out for like five years <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah. the the music cycle works differently. So this is like one of the songs that would like come on the radio, like 107.5 WGCI, which is now the like real hood hip hop station. <laughs> but back then it was, <laughs> it was more of an R&B station. But also what brought that song back top of mind for me is um, I was watching Pose and that song kind of felt the last season. Um, and I thought it was a good uh a good song to use for the show. Um, Pose is all about houses and all that that stuff. So, so is, is Pose? Um, how many seasons of Pose is out there? Uh man, I lost track. I want to say three. Okay. But I, I think the fourth season should be coming. I only got to the first one at some point. It it's a it's an incredible show, but it was it's a heartbreaking show, man. It is like truly heart wrenching and. 
you know, I think a lot of people who weren't alive back then just don't understand the way like AIDS came through. It was just, you know, ravaging um, the LGBTQ community. And, you know, can you, you imagine like these people who were ostracized by their families and they made their own families and then you know, the family that you chose, they all start dying from this mysterious disease. Like, shit was fucked up back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that was a lot. Um, side note, there was one of my mixes that I did, I'll, I'll send it to you, like, during, uh, when COVID hit, I started doing these little mixes at my house, and I would call them law sessions. And one of my episodes, I have this, uh, this ridiculous Billy Porter record. Um, it's him and a group called the Shapeshift- Shapeshifters. I think that's the name of the group. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the, the, the Billy Porter record that they did? No, I, I haven't heard it. Yo, nobody nobody really knows about it, but like he he can sing his ass off. I'm I'm a sing the record uh, too when I sing the Wizard of Oz thing. I'm, I'm making a list of all the stuff to send you. But um, yeah, that that Billy Porter record is incredible, man. He's in, in a ridiculously talented uh, individual. Uh, all right, we didn't talk long enough. Let's get into the next segment. Uh, looking at my list, oh, you getting a little ratchet. The next song we got coming up. This is gonna be. Meg the Stallion with fucking around on Mo Better Soul Radio. Sorry, Mo. <laughs> Second look at what you do Sending me the supersonic signal You ain't lay a finger but I feel you Independent woman I won't tell you how to act You and I both know we could be gone for he gets back No confirmations. Everybody wanna know who Megan dating. What that depends on. What that the date is. I got me a European poppy out in Italy. And he like the model, but he always let a picture me. Flying overseas and it's just their bees. Send a pic from the back just to give him a tease. I keep a man in Texas. That's where the best is. Down South, Betty, any cool, never stress me. West Coast thing, I'm in love with his slang. Who I love a thug, keep it hood when we bang. I got a man, but I'm messing around Cause I'm young and I can't be tight down You got a girl, she got nothing on me But we young, so we both do the same thing
I'm like, nigga, I barely blinked. God bless a homicide. God bless a shooter. Your soul a computer. You Google rumors. I scale fish, boy. I move units. Stepped on it twice and I meant to. The brick got chandelier crystals. Planets revolve, my nigga shoot pistols. His clip don't got a curf. I close casket and hearse. Work you. Walk a nigga down like Herschel. Peter on the water, nigga. Patience is a virtue. God is an alien. Pour it from a bird. 32 liter. Respect my skeeter. Light skinned base runner. I'm Derek Jeter. My hands dirty. I left six pure, but I hit the other 30. Left six pure, but I stepped on 30. ESPN prices, I do 30 for 30. Left six pure, but I OJ cut 30. Left six pure, but I OJ cut 30. I'm the true. I'm the light. I'm the way. Niggas broke. Niggas fake. They in the way. I'm thinking, wait. They saying, wait, I couldn't fucking wait. How you make the jump to 67 from a 28? It's all in the wrist, young nigga. DMT the trip, I'm coming with you. It all equals seven. Bitch, I'm a legend. Pulled off on a 10 and I'm flying in a 11. I'm trying to drive the Bentley into heaven. Hop out in Louis Denim. Lord knows my soul icy as cool gray 11s. You know the engine, different way it's revving. Pay your tithes, I give you hope, I'll be your reverend. I save your soul. They can't stop me, boy, this shit was destined. Don't mention me with them, they irrelevant. Let me settle this. First advance, blue, blue. Second one, two. Luckily, I've been getting to it since Brooklyn's. Shame on you when you step through. The stove got that walk on coke water. The yacht boat started. Yolanda, your son got dope on him again. Floor seats at the garden again. He balling again. That boy think he hardened again. That wire hit the bank account. He feeling like Marlo again. 
brake lights. Joy come in the morning, but the plug come late night. The plug come late. Joy come in the morning, then the plug come. We on, we on, we on. The plug came late night. I just wanna be, I just wanna be successful. Sit right next to you, you 
back. This is Mo Better Soul Radio, which you guys just listened to. We got Meg the Stallion fucking around, followed by <laughs> Stove God Cook. The song is called Roy's Roy- Rolls Royce Break Light, one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, we followed by Snow Allegra, I Want You Around, which is hilarious because that was going to be one of the songs I was going to choose. Um, but instead, I followed it with Cleo Soul <laughs> when I'm in your arms. So um, if we're touching on Meg, uh, there was one other segment of 2020 that I think we forgot to talk about, and that was the Tory Lane's Meg situation. What was that all about? Oh my God, like so much stuff has happened this year. Like insanity. Um, but yeah, that 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 is crazy to me that like he straight up shot her and then tried to lie about it. And I I think you would probably agree, like just one of the most disappointing things about that is that like everyone assumed she was lying or that she must have done something to provoke him. Like, I don't care what you're doing, like short of me <laughs> shooting you like you shouldn't be shooting me like yeah. it's just like that just seems excessive and yeah. unnecessary yeah. and it sucks that she had to go through that i was really disappointed in that and you know what i got really really frustrated too and um and, and this is kind of a south Carolina connection i got really frustrated with like how the breakfast club was trying to like beat up on meg because meg didn't talk to any publication about it until she did an interview with gq and and then you got Charlemagne and Envy. They were kind of beating her up on some tips like, well, you know, we support you. We play your records, but you go to the white um, establishment to tell the story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I, was, I, I, was in, I was defending Meg in the sense of, look, the Breakfast Club has made it a habit that they're not, they're not journalists. Let's just say that off the top. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, they are not. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't trying to be mean in saying that, but but I do say they have a habit of taking very sensitive information and turning it into clickbait. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing that happened with Angela Yee, Charlemagne, and um, Gucci Mane. Did you hear about, you hear about that um, stuff? I don't think I know about that one. Well, so basically, they went to this whole thing where years ago, <clears throat> where Gucci Mane um, was on The Breakfast Club and, and Angela Yee... Uh, got mad when Gucci was saying something to the extent of, and I don't know how I got to that point, but Angela Yee tried to make it seem like, oh, I'll never be interested in Gucci. And Gucci was like, you was trying to holler back in the day. And Angela Yee was like, oh, no, you know, and, and, and he left it alone. And then over after that, you know, you would have segments where like Charlemagne and Envy were trying to be funny with Angela Lee. Like, yo, yeah, so you was trying to holler at Gucci. You was trying to holler at Gucci. And she basically doubled down. I was like, there'd be no way I would like Gucci, yada, yada, yada. And so Gucci got really frustrated because he didn't talk about it anymore. But they tried to make it seem like he was lying about saying that Angela tried to holler, whatever. And so this year or probably the end of last year, Charlemagne was interviewing Gucci one-on-one for one of his little interviews and Gucci straight up disrespected Angela Yee in front of Charlemagne. Like, yeah, man, fuck that bitch. And she's this and she's that and yada, 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 yada. Oh, Jesus. And Charlemagne just, um, and Charlemagne laughed. And you know, the worst part about that whole thing, he had, he had the right to edit whatever he want. Like there's, it's not like, it's not like, you know, you're doing it for some other network. He kept it in there. <laughs> like and this woman has worked with you for 10 years and so if i'm megan Thee stallion and i see how you treat your 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 female co-worker that you've known for 10 years how am i supposed to think that you're gonna 
um, give delicate information I'll bring into this show with any type of dignity or integrity. So I definitely understand her being like, I don't want to go to these motherfuckers. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know why people still go on that show. As, a, as someone who has an actual journalism degree, like, oh. that show is... <laughs> <laughs> They are just so messy. Yeah. They're so so messy. And I just I can't really get with that. Yeah, it, it was really disappointing. And 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 I I get really frustrated with them because I see themselves in depths where they don't know what they're doing. And like this past year, man, remember like at, we talked about the George Floyd stuff and then y'all gonna put fucking rush limbaugh on your show like Mm -mm. that whole well you know we gotta have conversations like no you don't no you don't and what they and when they don't ask themselves is rush campaigned to be on the breakfast club right so like why would why would you want to be on that show if you didn't think you can just bulldoze these people right you know what i'm saying like nobody's gonna put themselves in a situation where they're gonna go to a show where they think they're gonna look bad rush limbaugh's like oh let me come over here and and it kind of just became this caricature, and it just really, really got really disappointing, really, really frustrating. So, so yeah, that's that's my uh, my Megan Thee Stallion uh, rant. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's okay. And I just want one quick note. Um, phony people, I'm so happy for them that they are finally blowing up. I think they are uber talented. I remember when they came out and I kind of felt like them and the internet were on the same trajectory, and then mm-hmm. the internet kind of blew up. And then I was like, where are phony people at? I didn't know what was going on with them. And then they like, you know, came back really strong. Like I've seen them in concert and they, they put on like a great high energy show. And when I saw them, it was at this place, uh, Chicago called Chop Shop, which is it's like a restaurant and um, concert venue. The tickets were $15. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so they put on this like amazing show for fifteen dollars, and we got to meet them, and they were great. So I'm really happy for them, and I also love Megan. She tall, tall girls, you know. <laughs> we got to stick together. Um, how, how tall she, is Meg? Um, I don't know. She got to be somewhere between five eight and six foot. I'm not completely sure, but she she's tall. And she rapped like a, let me not say the word, but she rapped like a dude. Like, and I kind of like that about her. <laughs> like, I just feel like, like she's just so, so raw. And as someone like, I, I grew up with an older brother. Uh, I've always had, like, I feel like it's only in, in my recent life that I've had more female friends than guy friends, but I was always that chick who hung out with dudes. And like, I just feel that way about Megan. <laughs> I mean, I think you touched the nail on the head. If she's almost six feet and she was dating Tori Lanes, that's where that beef came from right away. Because Tori is like five two. Oh yeah, he is tiny. You know, and it's and it's crazy, man. Like, you know, quote unquote cancer culture is so funny. It's like it's like they they want to shut down people that don't need to be shut down, but then you still got niggas that hey, if there's a time to cancel somebody, might want to cancel Tori. <laughs> you got people still yeah, like listening yeah. to him. It is so stupid, man. Yep, go ahead and cancel him. I, okay, so I just looked it up. Megan is five ten. Oh wow, so she okay. tall as hell. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, she she put the, <laughs> look she put them heels on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She dunking on somebody. So, 
right. I, I have an affinity for, for, for tall women. I love I love Meg and there's this uh black Australian basketball player. Um she's like oh my god, six foot eight. Elizabeth Elizabeth oh. uh Cambridge, I think that's her name. And she plays for um did she play for the LA Sparks? Well anyways, uh she's like she's like this beautiful, like she's like beautiful woman, six foot eight and and she'll be posting these videos up, like uh, uh, playing on the court, like against dudes. And she'd just be she'd be working them, <laughs> like she be she be throwing them all over the place, man. And I love it, and I and I love it because it's just like I can imagine guys getting like intimidated by her, and I'll just be like, man, I'm gonna lean into that. Yo, yeah, dunk on me, nigga. Let's go. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm not intimidated by it. I love it, and I think I think it's dope. But yeah, shout out to the to the tall women. That's out there. Yeah, shout out to the tall women, and I love Meg so much. I have a few Meg the Stallion themed shirts for sale, so check them ah, out. Ah, okay, okay. Give us, give us a couple of them. Give us your favorite one. Um, there's one that says Stallion, so this is like a little silhouette of a horse, and it says Stallion. I'll probably go wear that shirt today. <laughs> all right. So uh, when I put this all together, I'll, I'll do like a little uh, contest thing where uh, I'll I'll cop one of the shirts and and give it to one of our listeners. So we'll, we'll do that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so we'll, we'll do that. Um, let's see. You had your Meg record. Uh, I had <laughs> this guy named Stove God Cook, which <laughs> the, I'd never heard of him before. I, I saw your listen, listen. I there's been like a resurgence in really ugly uh, street rap, and I mean ugly street rap in the sense of you know all the stuff from Griselda, West Side Gun. You know, they're not really attractive people. They make him, and I'm not saying that in a mean way, but it's like, it's just gritty shit. Like, it's not like they're trying to be polished. So, there's like this whole thing, this lo fi street rap stuff that comes out where you got a lot of beats that don't have no drums on it. And it's just like hardcore rapping. And, and this guy named Stove God Cooks um, had a project produced by Rock Marciano, who kind of inspired this new wave of, of underground uh, hip hop rap. And the album was called Reasonable Drought, and it's one of my favorite albums that came out this year. And it is—it's an incredible record. I love it. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. And that was like one of those songs that kind of got me through pretty heavy, heavy-handed. Um, then my girl Snow Allegra, uh, the song that you chose, which I was going to choose, um, I was really disappointed because I had tickets to a Snow Allegra concert that was going to oh, be—that yeah. was going to mm-hmm. be uh, in April or May. And they kept pushing it back, pushing it back, and then officially it was canceled. And that was like the first thing that really hit me with COVID was not being able to see snow. But yeah, yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah, I remember I didn't get tickets to that because they sold out pretty quick. I know a lot of people were were sad about that. The one that got canceled on me was uh, K Tronada. Uh, so there were just there were so many concerts. I know we all were supposed to go to in twenty twenty that just. Oh, to make fun to make fun of myself since I'm doing a bunch of stuff with the newspaper out here. The last two concerts I went to um, before COVID hit. Let me get this guy's name. Hold on. So you you get a kick out of this. Um, you know, as a as a writer for a publication, like I want <laughs> I want to have um, you know stuff to go to. Like so, it's like if they tell me, hey, you know cover this concert even if it's some stuff that i don't listen to i'm going and so the paper thought it was something uh 
that it'd be kind of hilarious. The headline was uh, Columbia rapper attends first country concert <laughs> headline by Jason Aldean. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is like, what was this? This was okay. January 30th, 2020. And like, I, I went to this concert with a white homie of mine. I was like, dog, I don't know who this artist is, but I also don't feel like I need to go here by myself. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> 20,000 people at this country concert. And I'm terrified because I'm like, I just know I'm going to see Trump flags in here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, oh, yeah, yeah. and so it's just, I mean, it's this hardcore country concert. And, and my homeboy joked with me. He says, you know, what's going to happen preach. He said, you're the only black guy in here. Uh, they're gonna think you're Darius Rucker, right? So, <laughs> and I was I was playing on with that, trying to be funny. And then all of a sudden, Jason Aldean was on stage, and he was just like, "We got a special guest in the building tonight." <laughs> he brings out Darius Rucker. No, <laughs> yeah. See, no. Darius is hilarious. Darius is from here, so we knew that was gonna happen. So, oh, okay, okay. So, 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 check it out. <laughs> that concert was in January. Maybe a week after that, the concert I had to go to was Kiss. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they still tour? I think this might be their last tour. I mean, they're in their 70s, man. But my whole thing, yeah. yo, if I knew those were going to be the two last concerts I was going to go to for 2020, I would <laughs> Yo, I was so mad. So, yeah. So, uh, so, as of now, Kiss is the last concert I've, I've been to. <laughs> uh, oh. That's crazy. Oh my God! So shout out to Snow Allegra and um, Cleo Soul. Have you listened to the Cleo Soul project? No, I haven't. All right, I'll, I'll check that out. I'll send it to you. So it's it's C L E O S O L. Um, if you like Snow Allegra and all that good stuff, like that's kind of like my cry in the corner, uh, beige light skinned man playlist. So any Snow Allegra, any her, uh, any Cleo Soul, like that's that's the stuff that really got me through. Because twenty twenty, I listened to more R and B than rap music. So. It really, really helped me uh, get through the day. All right, we talked long enough. Let's get into the next segment. Um, see, you have from the Hamilton soundtrack, What I Miss, next on Mo Better Soul Radio. 17, 1789. How does the bastard, orphan, immigrant, decorated war vet, Unite the colonies through more debt. Fight the other founding fathers till he has to forfeit. Have it all, lose it all. You ready for more yet? Treasury Secretary Washington's the president. Every American experiment sets a precedent. Not so fast, someone came along to resist him. Pissed him off until we had a two-party system. You haven't met him yet, you haven't had the chance. Cause he's been kicking ass as the ambassador to France. But someone's gotta keep the American promise. You simply must meet Thomas, Thomas. And the world still spins I have life, I had draft a declaration Then I said I gotta go I gotta be in Monticello Now the work at home begins 
So what did I miss? What did I miss? Mm. Virginia, my home sweet home, I want to give you a kiss. I've been in Paris meeting lots of different ladies. I guess I basically missed the late 80s. I travel the wide, wide world and came back to this. There's a letter on my desk from the president. Haven't even put my bag down yet. Sally, be a lamb, darling, won't you open it? It says the president's assembling a cabinet and then I end up being the secretary of state. Great, and I'm already sending a proof. I just got home and now I'm headed up to New York. Headed to New York, headed to New York. Looking at the rolling fields, I can't My friend James Madison, red in the face. He grabs my arm and I respond, what's going on? Thomas, we are engaged in a battle for our nation's very soul. Can you get us out of the mess we're in? Hamilton's new financial plan is nothing less than government control. I've been fighting for the South alone. Where have you been, uh, France? We have to win. Well, what did I miss? Difficult. 
leaving Get back in line, I can't deny myself Show me the feeling Oh, you got me wrong If you don't belong, live in the trouble Don't hesitate Time heals the pain You ain't the problem I live the lie, love is the crime It's you I believe in No need to blame myself, no need to die I'm only human I'm done, you got to put me on I know what you come along Don't hesitate from the Hamilton soundtrack. Next, um, there's a song called uh, Love You For Sure, Shaka Khan, remixed by Tall Black Guy from his Remix and Teens project, followed by Solange's Stay, is it Stay Flow, Stay Fly? Did I type something wrong? No, Stay Flow. Okay, I thought I said it right, okay. Uh, followed by Michael Kawanuka, You Ain't The Problem, which is off one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, Hamilton. So how excited were you when it came to Disney? Um, you know what? I I had uh, the great fortune of having seen Hamilton in the theater. Um, so by the time it came to Disney, uh, I had already seen it. And luckily I got a, a good cast that day because you know how, how it can go. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> they have off days or they mix it up you might have an understudy like no shade to anyone because like being a theater actor like that is another level of talent you need to have but I remember my my husband I took him for his birthday so that's how he saw it and he liked it so much he went again he's like mm, second time wasn't as good <laughs> so I was like okay I'm glad we we got the cast we got so by the time um, it got on Disney I was like ooh, how's this gonna be different because you know we had already seen you know, the Chicago cast and 
Um, I just didn't know how it's going to feel. So what I will say, and I hate to say this because Lin-Manuel Miranda is, you know, uh, extremely talented to come up with this uh, was amazing. I liked our Hamilton in Chicago better. Oh, really? Um, The actor, I believe his name was Miguel Cervantes. And he was just amazing. He did like a really good job. So what ended up happening was we were watching it and we're like, ooh, I think I liked our George Washington better. (laughs) So we were being like, (laughs) we're being super critical (laughs) about it. So I think once I watched it like maybe two more times, I was able to get past that. So my question is, the the Atlanta, I'm sorry, Atlanta, the Chicago cast that you had, was that a national cast after like Lynn and them stopped doing it or was it just for your city? Um, I, I'm not sure. I feel, well, you know what? I think it was running concurrently in New York, um, Chicago, maybe LA, a few other places. So I think they probably all had different casts or they, there was also a tour. Like I, I'm not completely sure how that went, but I feel like we had a dedicated cast okay. for a really long time. Like it was like three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So when when did, when did Lynn stop doing it? I think he only did the New York. Okay. Um one from what I understand. Yeah, they said that play generated like over a billion dollars. I mean, it, it was insane and I think um you know by the time it got to Disney people were very critical about it like oh it wasn't as good as everyone said or oh, y'all are glorifying these slave owners. But I just think, like, to me, to put Black, Brown, Latino people, Latina people, Asian in in this uh, play and give all these actors and actresses this platform, like, that feels like an act of defiance to me. I feel like people are being nitpicky and picking the straws. Like, shit was great. (laughs) that, that, That was my biggest thing, where it's basically like, you know, I think it's brilliant in the sense of you can be frustrated or feel like, oh, you, you're you're highlighting slave owners. But I'm like, well, if you really hate these slave owners, what's the best way to get back at them is have a black or brown person <laughs> like be you and be more remembered, you know, with the new generation by by ha- like more more people associate Hamilton with a Latin guy than an actual Hamilton. And I think that is hilarious. So. So yeah I, yeah, I I think I think if I was a director, I'll take all these like white men and and I'm like, oh, you know, we're gonna do a George Washington biopic. I'm gonna get Denzel to play him. Like, what better way <laughs> to piss them off? I think that's great. So yeah, so um, shout out to the Hamilton soundtrack. Like I've listened to the soundtrack and the um the mixtapes and and all that stuff was surprisingly really, 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 really good. So um, yeah, it's it's surprisingly good. Like you know. I feel like musicals have a very high high propensity to be corny. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they did a great job. I mean, I'm you know back to what I was saying before. Like, watch you know, I guess watch Hamilton and then watch Anchors Away. <laughs> like, it, <it's, laughs> and like I said, Anchors Away. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. Well, it it was scenes in there that I didn't realize that were always parodied. So there was a scene where. Gene Kelly is dancing with uh, 
uh, Jerry, the mouse from Tom and Jerry. And so it was, <laughs> and so it was revolutionary because it was the 1940s and he's dancing with a cartoon. And I'm thinking the first time that happened was like, you know, Roger Rabbit. So so I was fascinated at how they shot that in the 40s. But, you know, for the most part, looking at those dance moves compared to like psh, Beyonce or Chris Brown or the Hamilton cast, it's like it's hilarious, you know. So what else do we have? You had that. I think I had my tall black guy, Shaka Khan joint, um, which is self-explanatory. Uh, tell me about your Solange record, Stay Flow. Um, I really, I really like Solange, and I think as Beyonce's sister, she has probably had a tough go at some things. Um, I know Solange, like she had an album back in the day, which like no one remembers, but it was called Solo Star. And, uh, you know, she was kind of trying to do this pop thing. And it was just like, I don't know. And then um, she came out with that, that next album, like Saint something in the Hadley Street Dreams, which was pretty good. Um, you know, it had some some tracks on it. And then she came out with a seat at the table. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think Solange like found her way. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the album that came after it, um, that Stay Flow is on. I just I feel like she has really like kind of found herself as a, a musician, and okay. I, I think she she deserves props for that because I think if Beyonce was my sister, like I'd be on the struggle bus, like I would be <laughs> in the house crying, <laughs> like feeling bad about myself every day. Um, but what I really like about Solange's music like it's it's chill like you know it's it's like music you can you can work to like you can clean to like um it has a nice vibe to it yeah every time I hear Solange music I always think of Insecure I'm like everything on here would be on Insecure (laughs) like you know what I mean yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh um let's see my next record I had was Michael Kawanuka you ain't the problem have you ever listened to him yeah, I have heard some of his music. I need to get into it a bit more. But yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty dope. His latest album that came out this year is nominated for a Grammy. Um, I don't know what category, but I think it'll win. I think he's an extremely talented uh, musician, singer, songwriter. And, and his album, and I might be saying his name wrong. It looks like Kawanuka. Um, he's a, a, London, <laughs> a London guy. <laughs> Uh, a, a London guy who's Nigerian and just this amazing singer. His album that he did, Love and was it Love and Pain, a couple of years ago. If if you didn't know who he was, all of like the TV trailers was using all of his music. Like if you watch Big Little Lies or something like that, they put one of his songs in there, that type of thing. Um, so I, I just really think he's an incredibly talented guy. And that was one of those songs that when it came out, I played it a, a bunch. Um, so I really really love that project. Um, we got four songs to go. This next two we're going to have, we're going to get back into it. Uh, the next song we got is going to be the Quiet Nights Orchestra, Falling For You, next on Moment of Soul Radio. Maybe you're thinking that you've heard it all before. But I can promise and swear this is different, this is real. Maybe you're thinking I am humorous or a fool But comedy, baby, it's not my thing I'm not playing with you, this is true
us to you. I'm not crazy, you see. What I'm feeling is real, and my heart knows the truth. I am falling for you, 'cause I'm not crazy, you see. What I'm feeling is real, and my heart knows the truth. I am falling for you. I'm in love. 
And we are back. Those last two records we had Quiet Nights Orchestra, Falling for You, followed by Yusuf Day's Duality. Um, tell us about your choice for Quiet Nights Orchestra. So the Quiet Nights Orchestra, it's, it's like random. I don't know if I would have found this on my own, um, but I feel like somehow my husband found it. I don't know if it was like uh, back when we had Google Play before, you know, rest in peace. They were unceremoniously <laughs> yeah. uh, renamed YouTube Music. But, you know, they would have these playlists and radio stations, and um, I feel like they would do a good job of, like, finding you new music. But um, this ended up being a favorite of my daughter, and she is, like, one of them kids who's, like, turned down for what? <laughs> like, she just, like, she doesn't need sleep. Like, she just... <laughs> like unless you physically place her in a bed like she won't go to sleep and so we have certain like playlists that like will play for her if she's having a hard time go to going to sleep so the quiet tonight quiet nights orchestra is um you know they have quite a quite a few songs that are really like just soothing and and nice and and quiet and they're super talented like i probably need to read up more about them and where they came from but like they like a real ass orchestra <laughs> and the music sounds <laughs> and it sounds like but it sounds modern um you should check it out like it's 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 really nice um so, so that helps me put my daughter to sleep all right you want to know something funny speaking of going to sleep mm -hmm. uh you ever heard of the book go to fuck to sleep Oh, have I? I mean, I feel like that was uh, one of my social media posts recently, and I, I put hashtag mood Yo. and put the cover of the book. <laughs> so so how about when I went to uh, San Francisco in February, shout out to Doug Infinite, which is another Chicago connection that you guys have. Um, we, we're working on some stuff for my project. Uh, Doug Infinite, who, who produced for Common and worked with No ID, one of my favorite producers of all time. Um, we worked on this record and he was like, yo, if you ever in San Francisco, pull up. And I was like, shit, I'm pulling up. So, so I caught up with Doug Infinite. Um, and, and he was just this gracious host and we hung out and we went to, uh, this spot in, in, uh, in Oakland, this, this restaurant where it's him and a bunch of DJs that are rotating and I'm hanging out with all these DJs or whatever. And one of the DJs, he was cool as shit. And, and he was saying that like, while the DJs were trying to figure out what weekends they're going to DJ, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be in town for this. I got to go here for this, here for that or whatever. And I was like, oh, what do you do? And he was just like, oh, I wrote a book. And I was like, what's the book called? He's like, go to fuck to sleep. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I met him. He's mad cool. And we were joking. And I said, so what are you working on now? And so he said that he's had a second kid. So the next book is, <laughs> so, so the next book is called, uh, so now there's two of you. And it's going to be narrated by, <laughs> <laughs> and it's narrated by Larry David. <laughs> oh, oh, amazing. Okay, I'm in. Cause I, like, I watch so much Curb Your Enthusiasm right now, and I feel like Larry will be perfect for that. Yo, so this is the way he said it to me. He's like, uh, so now there's two of you. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. another Chicago connection there's a movie that you can find on Netflix called Barry um, about Obama and he wrote that so, oh okay yeah 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 I saw that movie yeah yeah so I don't know how good That's it is good. I haven't watched it yet but yeah so I got a nice little flex of a homie that I know um, but yeah when he told me the Larry David thing I just thought that was the funniest shit ever and um, 
and my record Yusef Days. Oh my God, Yusef Days, um, saved me this year, uh, for a few reasons because I'm a huge jazz fan, and he kind of has the great ability of taking jazz music and combining it with like all the hip hop heads that love the Dillas and the Pete Rocks of the world and make some things seem really seamless. So he had a video that I saw this year called Duality and it was like one of the best videos I've seen all year. So Yusef Days was really great. He's um he's on Blue Note and everything he puts out is is pretty amazing. And this was the song that I thought was really, 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 really great. So um yeah, so I, I I chose this to go with your quiet nights because I was like, all right, let me have some like really chill instrumental stuff to kind of uh, uh, show some range of some of the songs that I listened to this year. And um, yeah, all right, we got two songs left. Uh, I'm yammering long enough. Let's get into the last two <laughs> records, um, which is one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, next, we have UGK featuring Outkast International Players next on Mo Better Soul Radio. So, I typed a text to a girl I used to see Saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be And I apologize if this message gets you down Then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling Wetness all around me, true But I'm no island, peninsula maybe Makes no sense, I know crazy Give up all this pussycat that's in my lap No looking back, spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors they dip as quick as they can the atmosphere is now ripped i'm so like a pip i'm glad it's night so the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when i shoot the moon high jump the broom like a preemie out the womb my partner yelling too soon don't do it reconsider read some litter sure on the subject you sure fuck it you know we got your back like chiropractic if that bitch do you dirty, we'll wipe her ass out as in detergent. Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar. I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp, remember what I taught you. Keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart, man, these girls are smart. Three stacks, these girls are smart. Play your part, play your part. My bitch a choosy lover, never fuck without a rubber. Never in the sheets like it on top of the cover. Be 
live with no hoes. Don't be a lame, you know the game and how it goes. We try to get chose. Many decisions with precision I pick or make my selection on who I choose to be with. Girl, don't touch my protection. I know you won't meant to slip, but slipping is something I don't do. Tipping for life. Mm -hmm. That's like making it rain every month on schedule. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, get your parasol umbrella, cause it's gonna get wetter. Better prepare you for the sea support. She's supposed to spend it on that baby, but we see she does. As Paul McCartney, the lawyers couldn't stop this. Slaughter, slaughter of them pockets had to tie to a rock. Send her into outer space. I know he wish she could. Cause he paying 20k a day. That bitch is eating good. Like an infant on a double D titty. Just getting drunk. Cause you miscalculated the next to the, the last pump. Dump, dump in the gut. Raw from the giddy up. Better choose the right one or pick, pick the kitties up. So, shit. stuff you're gonna see that's gonna make it hard to smile in the future but through whatever you see through all the rain and the pain you gotta keep your sense of humor you gotta be able to smile through all this bullshit Go. 
God for blessing a child. All my mama got to do now is collecting and smile. Smile. two records that you heard was UGK's International Players featuring Outkast uh, with the greatest opening verse of all time about relationships and love and marriage and finally I mean, <laughs> what, what, a, what a gift Bundy, Tempsey and Andre 3000 gave us when we <sighs> made that song Look, and, and, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell, tell you my thoughts uh, a little deeper in a second the last song we had that I thought would be um, appropriate for 2020 is Scarface and Tupac's smile um Mm -hmm. i feel like it did at the end of it all we need to smile get into 2021 blah 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 none of that new year new me shit i just thought it should be (laughs) it was just smile um being all right so being from from south carolina growing up when i was a kid you know i i used to pretend like i wasn't from here like i used to like you know like yo my family's from new york you know what i mean like all that dumb shit the kids would do because i never thought that people from where I was or the region I was from would be respected or I always dreamed that I was from somewhere else, that type of thing. But like the low, the low city self-esteem and something happened where of course, you know, when outcast comes out there from Atlanta and they represented Atlanta lovely and all these other groups, you know, the Mm -hmm. goody mobs or even like, you know, the Scarfaces representing Houston, but there was some peak thing 
with the international players, not only the song, but the video of it, where mm-hmm. that level of camaraderie of Southern hip hop guys, right? Because it's like, you got UGK, you got Outkast, um, you know who produced it? Three Six Mafia produced it. You got David Banner in it. And it was just, it was just this amazing moment for Southern hip hop. And that was one of those moments where I wasn't necessarily ashamed of being from the South as a hip hop artist. You, you know what I'm saying? And and it was this, yeah. this amazing moment that I don't think we'll ever see again at that level when it comes to Southern hip hop. I don't know what the equivalency would be for New York rappers. I don't know if like international players would have to be Jay-Z, Nas, and then you got Rakim or some shit like that. But like, I've never seen anything like international players. And and I loved it because it felt organic, you know? Yeah, it did. And and you know how much I love that song? That was like the song we walked into our wedding That's, reception. I swear to God, I was, about to, I was about to ask you that. I swear that's what I was about to ask you. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, we... <laughs> There's a, oh. there's a wedding I did, was it 2019 or 2018, where as soon as, you know, you know, I introduce you, man and wife, blah, 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 they walk out to the reception, I open up with that, and, like, the, the husband is, like, mouthing Andre 3000's words or whatever, then after I get into that, <laughs> I played Nuck If You Buck after that, and, like, there's this video of this amazing black-ass wedding, and it was just the, the, the coolest time, and I'm like, yo... For people that want to get married to a UGK record followed by Nuck If You Buck, like, I'll DJ these any day of the week. So, yeah, that song is is, is pretty incredible. Um, where does it, Andre it, 3000, it where does Andre 3000 fall in your favorite rapper list? Totally. Oh, another <laughs> note about uh, Three Six Mafia. So, I found out about Three Six Mafia, really, when I was in college. And one of my friends, uh, my very good friend, Alicia, she's Hey, Alicia, shout out to you, girl. Um, she was from, like, right outside of Memphis. So she, she like, loved 3-6 Mafia. So she would put me on all their songs. So, you know, two little young, young girls in college singing that ratchetness. Let's live on my knob. Like, we, we just knew all of their songs. And it got to the point where we made up our own song. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, please, please do tell. Oh, God. My whole family needs like we because we were just bored. We were studying for finals, and we were like, we could write a song. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's you know write this three three six mafia style song. You know, featuring Trina. So I was like, I don't have to say please because my whole family on their knees. They don't have to beg and please because they do that shit with Eve. Like, and we had like. <laughs> I hear a little bit in you that wish you could have recorded that though. <laughs> we absolutely should have recorded it, and I don't know why we didn't. <laughs> Yo, and and another another shout out to Meg The Stallion. I I love Snoop, but man, damn it, Snoop went to something he was talking about. You know, as far as that WAP song is concerned, he said, you know, I wish the ladies wasn't so <laughs> vulgar. You know what I'm saying? Leave it to them, man. I'm like. There's nobody in the world that could say anything less than this guy. And 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 it hit me the other day. I was having a conversation with somebody. I was like, yo, if I'm honest as an adult, C. Dolores Tucker might have been right. 
god. <laughs> right. It's like it's like First of all, this the this the person who made ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Like but the but Meg is too vulgar. No. <laughs> Look. Ooh, his, uh, you know the other irony of like if you listen to like all that like the chronic and, and doggy style, there's a lot of like homoerotic stuff that's like all over that shit right it's like ain't no fun the homies can't have none is is pretty gay then you have um <laughs> i mean then you then you then there's like a part in there like it might have been like was it the chronic when it was just like um uh what did it say like who are you guys it's like this the the big swinging dicks crew blah 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 and i was like why are you referencing your homeboy's penises like <laughs> what where's all of this coming from you know and so i mean that that those are the words of dudes who have run some trains like that's yeah. all that tells me yep <laughs> yep and we don't mean a conductor <laughs> <laughs> So I I just I just think like yo man like let let Meg do her thing you know what I'm saying it's like it, if you don't like the song it's not for you so so yeah uh, oh boy good old Snoop but yeah see Dolores Tucker man see Dolores Tucker like the stuff if, if I'm looking back at the stuff that she was saying I mean and and, and I'm torn because I grew up on these records and I love these records but listen to what see yeah. Dolores Tucker was saying it's like I can't imagine being someone involved in the civil rights movement working with Dr King. And then hearing ain't no fun. <laughs> You're like, Dr. King did not die. So you could make songs like ain't no fun. I'm saying, could you imagine that type of culture shock that you would just hear that and be like, nah, we can't do this. Like, what are we doing? I mean, but it's also, it's an age, it's a culture thing. Like when I hear, there's certain songs I hear now and I was, I'm just like disgusted. Like, Oh, the eat the booty like groceries. Was that Janae Aiko? I was yep. like, uh, is this what y'all are listening to now? Oh my gosh, hilarious! <laughs> yeah, and just like you can say whatever you want, just just make it into a bop, you know. So, <laughs> right. <sighs> All right. So I think we then went through our entire list. It's twenty songs. I don't know how long this entire thing is going to be when we get done uh, putting it all out, but it's going to come out on New Year's Eve. Um, any other last parting words or things for 2020 that you just want to get off your chest before we just explode it all and take the year and bury it somewhere? Uh, well, one more song reference before I forget, because mm -hmm. the, the print song you put on your list, it, it didn't even hit me until today. And I'm glad you asked me to do this. I always love uh, finding new music references or hearing things in a different way. But I was listening to that song and I was like, man, they're ready for the world kind of bite the melody for Oh Sheila. Uh, <laughs> like were they mm. <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of little bit of similarity there. Oh. Like I that that happens to me where I hear a song and I hear them taking like the energy of another one. Like if you think about it, if you listen to uh that was it a Raphael Sadiq or was it a 2020 tone record with DJ Quick? Um, and they basically redid Teen Spirit. So the song's like, let's get down, let's get down, yeah. let's get, yeah. And I'm like, listen to it, it's like, why does this sound familiar? And I'm like, oh, Nirvana, right? Um, so yeah, I, I'm starting to hear it with the ear like that a lot now where I'm like, yeah, yeah, somebody probably took this and took that. Um, did you hear, <laughs> did you hear that Nas story that he told about Prince? 
Wait, what story? Nas had a Prince story. Uh-uh. I heard it. Um, so he was on the um, Drink Champs uh, podcast, and Nori was asking him, is there anybody he wanted to do a record with that turned him down? And Nas was like, I really don't ask people to do any records. He said, but there was this one time where he put an album out, and Prince came to the listening party, you know, and he comes up to Prince, and he's just like, yo, like, Let's do a song together. Let's do let's do a joint together. Let's make this happen. Blah 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 blah. And he said, Prince looked at him and said, "Do you own your masters?" <laughs> and he's like, "When you own your masters, call me." <laughs> right? uh... <laughs> and and I think like people would think that he was trying to sun him, but I really think Prince was trying to give you game. Like, like the stuff that yeah. Prince had to fight over to get his name and protect his name and his life. Yo, like. <laughs> Remember when he was walking around with slaves written on his face? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh. There's all right, one more. Like, David Allen Greer was doing this. I think he was on, like, Howard Stern or something. And he was saying that um, there was a story that Prince's security had told him that um, Prince had, he was on tour somewhere or whatever. And the security people are basically like, we'll get a phone call like four in the morning. Sometimes it wasn't weird. Prince just be like, I want to go to the studio or something like that. And said they were on tour and Prince, they were at a hotel or whatever. And, and Prince called the security people and he said, um, there's motherfucking voices coming from the motherfucking walls. And I'm like, what? So they came to his, uh, ho- they came to his hotel room and they were listening, 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 listening. And next thing you know, they call like hotel people in there and it turned out that this woman got a room that's on the other side of Prince's room, like punched in or beat up, like basically opened up a hole, walked into the wall and and was reading like Bible verses (laughs) in Prince's bedroom at the hotel, you know? And like they pulled this lady out they putting her in handcuffs and all this type of stuff or whatever. And Prince tells his security, he's like, "I told you, motherfuckers, there was motherfucking voices in the motherfucking wall." So, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they, about, they said when they came to his hotel room, they said he had like <sighs> satin, like silk, like white pajamas and shit, hair completely done, <laughs> like like four of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I can't wait for uh. The 2020 documentary to be done by Ken Burns. It'll be done in like 10 <laughs> Ooh, I'm not ready to relive this yet. I, um, you, you know what? That's, I don't know. That's spot on. You, you, I think you're right about that. Like, there was something that came out where uh, this comedian, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he does, he, he has this like Netflix thing that came out. And it's like Andrew Schultz saves America. And it's like these four episodes where he's talking about 2020. And I couldn't get through one of the episodes. And I read this review. And the review, the the thing that they say, they say, should I watch it or skip it? And their recommendation was, it was like, skip it, because who the hell wants to relive 2020? And I was like, yo, that is so spot on. So yeah, maybe maybe having something about 2020 might be pretty triggering, you know? So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we, we're done with this list. Uh, hopefully, uh, by the time this comes out, the next day would be a new year. And uh, I wish 2021 is going to be amazing and fantastic for all. Any other last shout outs that you got before we get out of here? I mean, we made it. Like, <laughs> <that's all laughs> I can say. like I, uh, you know, 
2020 was actually a, a good year in a lot of ways, but I feel like a lot of the good stuff is tempered by the fact that like so many people have died. Like yeah. so many people have lost their lives. So many people will never be the same due to health issues or the people they lost or the things they lost. So it's, it's just kind of, you know, bittersweet, I guess. Like it's hard to celebrate when you know that so many people are suffering. And uh, Trump is still in the White House for right now, so that's, that's, <laughs> that's terrifying, right? That's that's terrifying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I guess we really can't breathe until January twenty first. So, uh, yeah. Let's let's hope everything gets better. Um, where can people find you once again on all the social medias and your website to order and buy some stuff from you? Yes, I am uh, Shari Bonbonvi on the social media. So S-H-A-R-I-B-O-N-B-O-N-V-I-E. And once again, wearebonbonvi.com, W-E-A-R-B-O-N-B-O-N-V-I-E.com. Ah, well, thank you so much for doing this for me. Uh, we've been on here for a long, 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 long time. I appreciate you taking time <laughs> out of your day. Um, thank you. Yeah, this actually feels like a, a real radio episode. So it's probably going to be a few hours. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a talker, and I know you're a talker. Look, and I know when music is involved, we're not going to stop talking. So. Look, if this episode is two and a half hours, I would rather listen to this than watch Wonder Woman. Hey! But anyway. Hey! <laughs> 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 so ladies and gentlemen once again this is Mo Better Soul Radio I go by the name of Preach Jacobs you can find me at all social medias on Preach Jacobs uh, Instagram, Twitter and the like you can also find us at MoBetterSoul.com M-O-B-E-T-T-A Soul order some stuff enter code Negro to save 10% on your next order and uh, yeah we appreciate that man we see y'all next year peace alright <laughs>